time for the Brother We Love podcast. Keeping it real on the Philly sports scene since 2014. If anybody in their right mind is worried about Jalen Brunson translating the next level, then they didn't watch him play. I believe their team is happening, man. I really do not think that they're going to be denied. Whether it's the fight Bills, the Birds, the Fly Guys, the Process, or a national headline, these two beauties are talking sports with a passion only Philly fans can comprehend. Here's your host, Joe O'Donnell. Stop feeding John me to car bombs. Run the ball, control the clock, don't do anything stupid. And John Mita. Kids out there, make sure you practice your free throws. Dear God, give me an interview with the Eagles scouting department. I know I can do better. What's up, SoundCloud? What's up, iTunes? It is the Brotherly Love Podcast. Keeping it real, as always. Little playoff, NFL playoff edition. With John Mita, I am Joe O'Donnell. Johnny Meats, you're in Florida, living the good life. How are you, my friend? Couldn't be better, man. I, I hate to brag, but uh, the weather is rather nice here in North Palm Beach, I must say. Yeah, I'm shocked by that. Yeah. Really am. And I appreciate you rubbing it in the first chance you had. So thank you for that. You're welcome. All right. Well, listen, uh, let's dive right into it. The Philadelphia Eagles are a playoff team. Uh, I have said on this show many a times when I have made mistakes, when I have talked out my you-know-what, when I've been wrong, I'll be the first one to admit it. I was wrong. I buried the Eagles weeks ago, two months ago. They found a way to get it done, number of circumstances allowing them to do so. I guess the uh, the message, the, the life lesson here, kids, don't listen to me. So I was wrong. I apologize. I give the Eagles full marks. 100% credit. They deserve it. They fought their tails off to get in. Yes, they needed some help. Yes, they got a few breaks along the way. Alex Smith breaking his leg, one of them. The Vikings crapping the bed, one of them. The Panthers falling apart, another one of them. But the Eagles had to take care of their own business down the stretch, which seemed daunting after they had to go to L.A., face Houston, both teams still playing for something. Then they had to take care of their own business, not not looking past the Redskins on the road. They shut them out, 24 nothing, and the Eagles are in the playoffs. So I was wrong. You were right to steal the uh, Adam Sandler line. I'm stupid. You're not. You're good looking. I'm not. Whatever that, that rant was. Uh, all appropriate here because the Eagles got it done. I had written them off weeks ago. So we got playoff football, Soldier Field on Sunday. Can Nick Foles in the... Philadelphia Eagles keep that magic going. We're going to talk a lot about that here on the Brotherly Love Podcast. I know you, uh, you're you upset about the Sixers again, John Mead. It seems like a uh, recurring theme these days. Maybe you want to dive into that as well. We'll have a little damn that's tacky. I've got a brief rant on the Winter Classic. We'll try and get it all done in the next 15 or 20 minutes. We appreciate everybody tuning in. So, Johnny Mita, uh, I'll let you just kind of take the ball and run with it. Break down this matchup against the Bears on Sunday. we got some playoff football. The defending champs are back in the dance. Yeah, I mean, this is going to be a um, a big test for the Eagles offense. They're going against the Chicago Bears. In my mind, one of the top three defenses, if maybe not the best, next to Baltimore in the National Football League. They come with great stars on that side of the football. You have Khalil Mack. He's one of the best pass rushers in all football. And they have good. They have a good secondary. Um, one key is Eddie Jackson. He's a game-time decision. He's an all-pro safety It'll be interesting to see if he plays. I hope that he doesn't um, because that would weaken their secondary a little bit. And also, I just it's just going to be a lot, of, a lot of people go, well, oh, there's no way the Eagles offense will be able to score on this defense. And 
you know, I agree with some of that sentiment. It's going to be very difficult. However, Nick Foles has shown that he's been able to get it done, even against some of the better defenses. I mean, let's not forget, they put up a lot of points against the Los Angeles Rams, who have a formidable defense. They've also put up 30-plus points against the Houston Texans. Their defense is pretty formidable. So it's not like they can't get the job done. I look at the other side of the football. One thing I look at is you're talking about Mitchell Trubisky. He is a second-year player. He's going to go – this is his first time in the playoffs, the first time. And I think that's going to be huge because I think the Eagles' defensive line, I think that's where they have a uh, – where they have an advantage. So I, I look for the Eagles defense to create turnovers. And, and what helps out, what's the best thing for your offense or the great elixir for your offense is for the defense to force some turnovers and give Nick Folds and that offense some short fields. That way they don't have to go on 80-yard drives, 90-yard drives. Then get a couple turnovers and they go on 40-yard drives, 60-yard drives. It'll be much more... And you, you got to like the fact that as far as coaching experience goes, you know, Doug, Doug Peterson... You know, he's, he's tested. And now you're talking about Matt Nagy. He's a first-year head coach. They know each other. And it's it's, it's going to be interesting. But I really think the Eagles, this is a very winnable football game. I know all the experts around town on every sports network are not really giving the Eagles a shot at this game. And I, I understand why. They're going to be on the road. But if there's one thing that people are doing is counting Nick Foles out, well, Every time that they, somebody's telling him out, he's bounced back and played extremely well. Am I crazy to think, John Mita, that if they don't win this game, it's still not a disappointment? That it's not a disappointing season? No, I don't think it'll be disappointing at all. I mean, the team was left for dead. They I, Here's what we know. In the offseason, there's a lot of work to do as far as filling positions to make this football team better. So, no, considering everything that's going on, the crazy part is all the people that wanted to trade Nick Foles, for that second-round Cleveland pick, you could have got a guy like a running back like Nick Chubb. Now, all those people, I wonder if they come forward today and be like, yeah, I, I still think we should have traded them. Because the reason why you didn't trade them is just to give yourself that insurance in case Carson wasn't able to come back, you know, back to 100% from that injury. Listen, we a couple weeks ago, even four, five, six weeks ago, you and I were questioning the talent level on the team, right? We couldn't figure out why this team – because going into the season, we thought they might be more talented. That was a big talk around Philadelphia. The last few weeks have proven this team has the talent. Whatever was missing, whether it's Foles over Wentz, whether it was just getting on a run and building confidence, whatever it was, wasn't there for a while. With Foles, it has been there. Again, I look at the addition of Darren Sproles. That's something Carson Wentz didn't have the luxury to have. I look at the defense, you know, the defense making plays, turnovers. That wasn't there when Wentz was taking snaps. For whatever reason, this team has it now. They've got the swagger, they've got the confidence, and they're playing with house money. But the last few weeks have proven this team is talented enough to win weekly in the NFL. So there was that stretch there where we thought maybe they just weren't good enough. I I think that's been disproven now. You know, everybody's got a different reason. There's probably a bunch of reasons. You could probably make your case a bunch of different ways, but this team has proven they have enough talent. So I just want to make sure that I got that out there because it's something I was thinking about recently. Because we went from start of the season, man, they might be better than last year, the Super Bowl team. Middle of the season, they stink. What the hell? And now all of a sudden, they're playing their best football. The Eagles' D is settled in, all right? Whether it's been the practice times, uh, the reps, 
Like, they're the same bums that were out there five, six weeks ago that we were dreading starting in an NFL game, for the most part. I know Avante Maddox is back, and, and there's been some guys that have come back from injury, but for the most part, you know, you still got LeBlanc out there. You got Maddox, who was unproven going into the year, obviously, being a young player. You have Corey Graham starting at safety. The guys that the city was ready to trash and move on from and start thinking about a top 10 draft pick even four or five weeks ago, those are the guys on D that have helped turn things around. That secondary has been outstanding, knock on wood. So I'd like to see them continue their outstanding play against the Bears because it gives the Eagles a chance to win. You mentioned a good defense as as I shift now and talk about this Bears game. Did we forget that last year in January, I know it was at Lincoln Financial Field, but the Vikings were supposed to have a vaunted defense, and the Eagles beat them, what, 38-7 to in the championship game? So I'm not scared of the Bears' D at all. If the Eagles keep it manageable, if they keep things within reach, if they slow down the Bears' running game, if they pressure Trubisky, they will be in this game in the fourth quarter, mark my words. And if that's the case, that's all you can ask for a team, you know, from a team that was, again, buried just, you know, a month or so ago. The Matt Nagy thing is interesting. The Bears head coach has coached Nick Foles. He should have an advantage, I would think. So that is one area that I am going to be very interested in watching is that sort of that cat-mouse game, that chess, that chess match. Who has the advantage? I would assume that Nagy knows Foles as well as almost anybody outside of Doug Peterson and maybe Chip Kelly or somewhere in that mix there of quarterbacks and coaches and relationships. So we'll see what Nagy dials up knowing Foles probably as well as anybody. Trey Burton, former Eagle, does he have an impact in the game? Alshon Jeffrey going back to Chicago. I'd love to see some jump balls down the field with Alshon. You know he's going to want to go up there and get it. So I think there's a chance to take some shots down the field like they did against the Vikings a year ago in the playoffs. Let's try and stretch that field and see if you can't get a little bit of a a rhythm and a running game with the combination of Sproles, Adams, and Smallwood. I'm not worried, like a lot of folks might be, about the Eagles moving the ball. I think they'll get theirs. Can the defense continue to play at a high level, get pressure on Trubisky, to allow this game to be manageable and have the Eagles stay in and on the road. You got a prediction, Johnny Mita? Yeah, I do have a prediction. Give it to me. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with 27-13 birds. Wow. I got 31-20 to 20 Eagles. And then they go to New Orleans. We won't have a podcast next week, most likely, because I'm in Texas like the whole week. So why don't you give me, let's, let's, let's look into the, uh, the glass here. The uh, magic ball. Give me the Eagles win. They go down to New Orleans, divisional round, and what happens? Anything could happen. I can't believe you're going to put me on the spot. Yeah, we didn't talk about this at all pre-show, so give it to me. No, no, I just, uh, unfortunately, I just think the Saints will be a little too strong for the Eagles to handle. I'm not saying the Eagles, listen, anything can happen. If you looked at last year, literally anything could happen. But I kind of predicted you know, the start of this, I mean, I think the two teams are eventually going to end up in the Super Bowl. I think it's going to be the Chargers versus the New Orleans Saints in the Super Bowl. So, I just, team coming off a bye, they have the bye for the reason, the week rest. Again, it'll be a different football team. The Eagles, if, if they get by the Bears to play the Saints, it's a totally different different type of team right now. They're, they're, they're playing a lot better than what they showed. The Saints, in my opinion, are, you know, and with that much rest, I think they'll they'll be per, they'll be very prepared and ready to go. Unfortunately, I don't know if we can get by the next round. But again, it's been done before. The Green Bay Packers and the Pittsburgh Steelers are two teams that you know got it done. 
made it and won the Super Bowl as as the sixth seed. So I got the Eagles. I got the Eagles and the Colts in a Super Bowl matchup between Peterson and Reich. <laughs> I like them apples. I would love that. That'd be pretty cool. All right, so we talk birds, bears. Um, I have one more quick thing for you related to the Eagles. Yeah. I haven't heard Mike Rowe's name recently. Have you? No. 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 Remember when no. everybody wanted to fire Mike Rowe when the offense couldn't figure it out? When Mike Rowe had to be yeah. the reason? Yeah. Do you think Mike Rowe's going to send Nick Foles a Christmas card? If he didn't this year, maybe next year? Uh, I would imagine. He should probably consider yeah. that. We haven't heard a lot about Mike Rowe lately. He's not getting drugged through the mud anymore. Because the Eagles offense has some rhythm and has been putting up some points. Crazy how that works out. All right, in the NFL, Antonio Brown, this whole Steelers mess, it's been like bonkers. There are so many elements to it. The social media aspect with Antonio Brown and James Harrison kind of taking to Instagram and Antonio Brown missing week 17 game, allegedly with an injury. Then it turns out he was taking shots at Roethlisberger and he missed a meeting or there's a lot of speculation out there his cap hit is 21 million dollars if he plays next year or 22 million if he plays next year 21 if they cut him in dead money so you do the math they're either going to have to trade him or they're going to have to patch things up with number 84 uh I love the fact the Steelers missed the playoffs I was almost as happy about that as the birds getting in it's just awesome for them to go down in a smoldering grease fire of a finish to their season but you and I both saw, we weren't watching together, but Scott Van Pelt had Ryan Clark on. Uh, the SVP Sports Center, Ryan Clark's an ESPN analyst, used to play for the Steelers. He knows Antonio Brown. He knows the culture there. He's won a Super Bowl in Pittsburgh. He had scathing mar- remarks about Antonio Brown as a teammate, his ego, his inability to kind of put his teammates first. Nothing against his work ethic, but just Antonio Brown is so egotistical that he gets in the way of things from an organizational standpoint. It was unbelievable television journalism and unbelievable television to hear Ryan Clark be so honest about a former teammate. You don't get that a lot. To me, the first thing came to mind was T.O. 2.0. Like when Terrell Owens was bombing through the Eagles' Novacare facility with all of his antics, it was just splitting the team right down the middle. And to me, this stuff about Antonio Brown sounds like the exact same type of thing. Star player, star receiver, unbelievable work ethic, but just a complete jackass when it comes to locker room chemistry. What'd you make of it? Yeah, I mean, I, I definitely agree with everything you said. It's it's just ridiculous. How, how about the Madden curse? He was on Madden this year. How about that? Yeah. And now he is, you know, cursing his football team. Granted, there's a lot of turmoil going on with Mike Tomlin. Has he lost the locker room? And listen, this all started with Le'Veon Bell sitting out another year. That kind of created a lot of decisive or divisiveness between the team, you know, there were people that were supporting Le'Veon, and then there were those who were like, hey, he should show up. Um, he's going to get paid. Um, and it just, it's a shame. The, the crazy part is that, like, if you look at it, it's like, what are they going to do? Like a $21 million cap hit and dead money just to get rid of a problem? They might be forced to do that. And that's just, when you're talking about $21 million in the NFL, you, you, possibly that could be like three starters for your football team. You're paying one guy. So they are in a tough spot right now. The entire organization's in a tough spot. And I, I just don't know how you can patch it up. It's like when T.O. When went AWOL, like there was just no coming back from it. The Eagles had to do what they had to do, and they had to release them. I mean, there was just no other recourse. And it, it's just it's just 
mind-blowing. That, you know, Antonio Brown gets the ball a lot. He gets targeted a lot. He's always an integral part of their offense, and he's just never happy. And him not showing up to work a couple days, him not communicating. I mean, there was a rumor that he left at halftime. If you left at halftime of a game, you know, basically you're injured. That still means you're going to get a game check even though you're injured and not playing, and you leave at halftime, that is a huge slap in the organization's face, and it's just absolutely ridiculous. The other thing I read today is the fact that he was pissed off because he didn't get voted, you know, offensive MVP by the team. Who cares about a team award? Yeah, that Juju Smith-Schuster apparently – Got the nod, and apparently that pissed them off. Right. The but what do you you do? Won- even get a plaque for that? Like that's the most. Uh, like guys care less right. about team awards. That's a team it's award. Good. Who cares? Well, and again, it's just it. You know, take two different teams. Take the Philadelphia Eagles last year and the culture of that football team. Right. There wasn't egos. Right. It was everybody was there to help one another. Next man up. Anything you can do to help out one of your teammates. Nobody was calling out. There wasn't an, I'm not getting the ball enough. There was no me, 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 me. And you look at this team, the Steelers are in trouble. It'd be nice if they can try to trade them. I mean, even if they trade them, they're still going to take a tremendous cap hit. And that's where it comes down to one thing you got kind of hate about the rules is where, and you look at something like in hockey, you know, like with like somebody that was like injured and retired, like the Chris Pronger thing, like, all that money was against the Flyers' salary cap for how many years? And you can't get out of it. Now you have a problem child on your football team, and all you want to do is get rid of them, and, and now you can't. You're kind of hamstrung. And, and he basically, he holds all the leverage here, which is scary. I mean, it's not scary, but listen, I get it. If he was being mistreated by his teammates, if the coach and him were just, but he's just making a complete ass of himself. And, and don't get me wrong, you know, Big Ben's no, okay, no. Um, he's no you know, saint. Big ben, yeah. Yeah, he's no model citizen right. here. You know, he's saying all the things that, you know, cover his own self. Right. But, well, let's face it. I mean, it takes two. There, there's, two, you know, it takes two to tango here. But I just, hey, let's, can it happen to a better organization? I know. Listen, but, look at the Steelers. But, Aging quarterback, receiver controversy, running back that held out. Yeah. So much well, for culture. Yeah, well, and exactly. And you're talking about their two best offensive players. Le'Veon Bell is clearly not going to be on their football team anymore. And the other one is, you know, Antonio Brown. In all likelihood, he'll be gone. So two of their best offensive football players, now they get to start over again. I got one, but, quick, I got one quick NFL question for you, all right? Sure. 30 seconds or less. The NFL job, head coaching job, it's currently open. You would want the most is where? It's going to be crazy. I said it, but I, I don't know, man. I kind of look at Cleveland. <laughs> I can't believe I'm going to say that. But, you know, they. I think they have a quarterback that has proven that he can play and he can win in this league, and he's young, and they have a lot of talent on offense, and they have, you know, their defense was sound. So I, I'm going to say Cleveland. I mean, maybe Green Bay because you still have Aaron Rodgers in the prime of his career. I mean, it's such a historical franchise. I would say either Green Bay or Cleveland. All right. Uh, you got a damn that stacky? Yeah, I got a damn that stacky. So, again, here I'm down in Florida. and the floor, I got to be honest with you, the Floridians are uh, a piece of work. As I'm in church last Sunday, there was a woman there, and uh, it turned out it was feeding time. 
she actually put her baby underneath her shirt, and it was breastfeeding in the pew. So <laughs> i got to be honest with you. Damn, that's a little tacky. Why not go out to the parking lot in your air-conditioned car and feed the poor baby? I'm not saying he's not hungry or he doesn't have to eat. I'm just saying, in church, you're really going to do some breastfeeding in church? I know that, you know, society, we've changed. You know, breastfeeding pretty much done everywhere, apparently. But uh, breastfeeding in church, that's a new one for me. Damn, that's tacky. I'm leaving that one alone. I'm leaving that one alone. But you should see the... Uh... The grin on my face right now, man. That's that's just absolutely classic. Uh, I'm going to go sports-related. My damn, that's tacky. And it goes to LeBron James. I didn't actually see the video interview he did, but I read the, you know, sort of the summary or the quotes where he called himself after winning the 2016 NBA title. You know, that was the moment that made him the greatest of all time. Like, can LeBron get over himself for one minute? Can you wait till your career's over? Can you wait for somebody else to anoint you the GOAT? Like, are you that self-involved that you have to call yourself the greatest of all time for something that happened two, three seasons ago? Like, that's tacky. I saw that too, Joe. And he, like, you know, then he just, like, then there's another video that he's saying that it was, like, the greatest moment. Like, he beat a team that, like, listen, if Draymond Green, okay, doesn't kick him in his junk and doesn't get suspended for a game, who knows if that ever takes place, to be honest with you. Yeah. I really don't know if they win that series, to be perfectly frank. But let, but that's what, but but shouldn't you have enough humble pie to just let everybody else decide that? You know, your career's not even over yet. You're still playing, and you're calling yourself the greatest. How is it? That's so disrespectful to your peers and those that have come before you, which he's constantly talking about, constantly, um, you know, maybe even fraudulently honoring about how great some of the greats were before him and all. Like then, why would you ever sit there and be like, "Yeah, I'm like that made me the greatest of all time." That that series right there. Just shut up. Say it was a huge moment, the crowning moment in your career to this point, and you're looking for more in L.A. That's all. And when yeah. it's all said yeah. and done, you let everybody else your your records, your titles, they'll speak for themselves, dude. That's it. All, all I'm saying is, listen, okay, he's lost four times in the NBA Finals, four times, okay, four times. The greatest of all time wouldn't lose four times. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. Okay, the greatest of all times is undefeated and never went to a game step. Okay? I don't care what anyone says. He could win 20 more titles, in my mind, and still not be better than Michael Jordan. I don't care. Even if he were to pass him in titles, I, I still don't think – I'm sorry. I still don't think he's better than Michael Jordan. Yep. There's just no comparison for me. I'm sorry. I can have this debate with 20 other people to think that you look at competition – Okay, Michael Jordan played against five players from the Dream Team, the greatest basketball team ever assembled. You know, he must have annoyed himself. I'm sorry. Good luck to LeBron. You know, you're a great player. You're phenomenal. You go down as one of the top five players. But if you look at numbers, too, I want everyone to take a look and look at Larry Bird's career numbers, and I want them to compare him against LeBron James. It's frightening how close they are. And almost Larry's numbers are almost even better. So, please. All right. I'm glad I fired you up. Uh, real quick as we roll out, I have one quick 30-second Winter Classic rant. All right, Blackhawks yeah. Bruins just played at Notre Dame Stadium. Um, to me, the Winter Classic has become like the radio single or the live band that has to play a certain song because everybody came to hear it. It's great, awesome atmosphere, but we've seen it before. The Blackhawks again. The Bruins again. Uncle. Mix it up. New teams. 
freshen it up. I love the idea of Notre Dame Stadium, but why do I have to see those two teams that feel like they play every outdoor game? Like, figure it out. There are other good teams in the NHL that the casual fan will tune in for. That's all I got. Real quick on the Sixers, Jimmy Butler, apparently disgruntled, down big, you know, Coach Brown. Can we all just get along here? And, and, and let's, and, and let's, and, you know, let's not take a page out of Antonio Brown's book, okay? Let's win, okay? That's all we want. Let's get together. Let's find a way. Little peace and army. Everyone gets their numbers. Everyone gets their balls. I mean, my God, this is so ridiculous that we have to deal with this much turmoil through the course of a year. You know, one week it's Joel Embiid. Then it's Ben Simmons. I mean, it's honest to God. You know, you have a great group of talent. So why not play together and win together? Hey, after all, it is the Brotherly Love podcast, isn't it? You would think. We see a little brotherly brother. love, that's all. All right, John, I mean, go birds, fly, eagles, fly. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in. About to 10,000 clicks on SoundCloud. feel like I've been saying that for a while, but I promise you it is uh, it is a reality. So thanks for all the love and support. Safe travels up from Florida. Johnny Mita, go birds. Till next time, we'll see you. You got it. Hopefully I'll be at the park. Fort Lauderdale. Thanks for listening to the Brotherly Love Podcast on SoundCloud.com.